0: We are just two weeks left. we got this week and next week in the Jesus Way series. We're only going to make it through the first seven chapters of Mark. I was hoping to get through eight. We're only getting through seven. We're going to come back to Mark at a later time, um, but it's going to be a, a good this morning. We are uh, jumping into the beginning of chapter seven. Uh, question for you. How many of you know or have known someone in your life that you would classify as fake? Anybody know somebody like that? Okay, we all know what that's like, right? Nobody likes the fake guy, right? Nobody likes the fake person. This is why around here we say one of our core values is that we embrace the struggle, right? We don't fake it. We don't pretend like everything. No, we can be honest. We can be real, but let's just be real about this. All of us struggle this way a little bit. Why? Because we're Minnesotans. See, I'm from Chicago, I'm from Chicago. In Chicago, you just say what you say. Like, there's no whatever. In Minnesota, I learned. Like, there's this passive-aggressive Minnesota nice, you know. You don't really say, but I understand you now. Like, we're fine now, okay? I can do this. All right, but we all have a little bit of that. But we know people that take it to the next level. They're just fake the insides, you know it. The insides are not the same as what's going on the outside. Everything is a show. You've encountered those people. Maybe it's in school. Maybe it's at work. It's the suck up type. You know the brown noser that just you see them just saying what the boss wants to hear. You know you know that person. They kind of bug you, right? There's the smooth talkers, right? They just always they know the right thing to say. and They just you're just like oh, they're just a little too smooth for me, right? Or there's people that kind of have a politician personality, you know, it's just like they're always working the angles, you know, and you're just like, I don't know, I don't know if I can ever trust this person. These people where the outside is just not the same is the inside. We all hate that, right? Guess what? So does God. So does God. As much as we despise that, that's something that frustrates the very heart of God. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage that's going to confront that. And I think as much as we hate it, I think we're going to see in our own hearts that, you know what, sometimes this is still a struggle for us. Sometimes this is something we, we get challenged by. And I think Jesus is going to call us into something a little bit better this morning. All right? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 7. Mark 7, I say this every week. If you don't have a Bible, we really encourage you to bring one with you. If you don't own one, we've got Bibles at the back of the room. Pick one up. Uh, that is our gift to you. If you don't own a Bible, take it, put your name in it, bring it with you. Uh, as we, I, I don't want to just get up and read this. Thing. I want you to see it for yourself. I want you to understand how we walk through Scripture together. Would you stand with me? Is our tradition around here? Nothing sacred about it. I'd just like to stand to honor God's Word when we read our primary text. Mark 7, verse 1. So the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They they worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. And we pray, God, that this wouldn't just be an exercise and going through the motions. But, Lord, we pray that we would hear from you today. And, God, I pray that you would take this word and, and speak it into our hearts. Whatever it is we need to hear by your Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak it to us. That we would walk out of this place changed. Pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said... Amen. You can be seated. All right. How many out there like math? Anybody out there like math? You got math people, right? Some of the math geeks. I'm a math geek. Love math. I think it's great. Okay. Uh, How many of you are the other way you hate math? You kind of threw up in your mouth a little bit when I talk about math problems. Some of you, okay. That's Some of you, that's fine. That's totally great. You don't have to like math. It's okay. Uh, Jesus still loves you. But this, I don't talk about my sermon titles very often. Okay, because to be honest, I don't really care what my sermon title is. But this morning, I'm just going to highlight, this morning's title is Math Problems. (laughs) Math Problems, okay? Because when we look at this passage, we're going to see this interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees and these religious leaders. And what we're going to see is they've got three different problems that the Pharisees have. And I think we're going to see ourselves... In these three problems. So, if you've got your notes, take your bulletin, flip it over on the backside, you can follow along. You might want to write some things down this morning. First thing in your notes is this point number one the Pharisees have an addition problem. They've got an addition problem. There was always a crowd around Jesus, right? We've been talking about this throughout this whole series. Everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd following him around. There were people that wanted to hear what he had to say. He was kind of like just the cool show, you know, like everyone see what's he saying? What's he talking about? Who's he going to heal? We might get a free meal out of this thing. They were just excited to follow along Jesus, all right? But there was another group that always followed along Israel, and that was these Pharisees and the religious leaders, but they had a different reason. They weren't really interested in what Jesus said. They were trying to see how can we trip this guy up? How can we show that he is really evil, that he's from the devil? How can we prove this, right? That's what they want to be able to do. So we get to verse number one, and look what it says. It says, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come, to, uh, come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. All right, what is he talking about there? All right, so if you look into the Old Testament, specifically the Torah, the Torah is the first five books of the Old Testament, okay? And in this, there is a lot of talk about being defiled and being ceremonially clean. Now, the priests who worked in the temple had to be ceremonially clean to do the stuff, to do the work of the temple, all right? And they made a big deal about this. There was a lot of washing and cleansing rituals that they had to do to be a part of this. What was the purpose? They were trying to teach. God was trying to teach his people that, hear this, I'm holy. I'm holy. You can't just just walk around and treat me like it doesn't matter. You You have to recognize that I am set apart. I am utterly different than what you're used to. And you have to treat me differently. Okay, that was the purpose. And so there were these religious leaders. They had to do these priests. They had to be clean. They, they couldn't be defiled in any way. But then we get to verse number three, and there's a parenthesis. If you don't have a Bible here, this little section is in a parenthesis. And here's what it says. It says, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. Okay? Now, first off, I love this because there's a parenthesis. The writer, Mark, is just saying, hey, you guys don't understand this. I wish there was more parentheses in Scripture. <laughs> like, hey, heads up, you should know something, okay? And if you, if you ever think that to yourself when you're reading the Bible, like, I don't think I know what that means, buy a study Bible. If you don't own a study Bible, that's a good thought. Get a good study Bible because they will give you footnotes and explain things that maybe you don't understand in the text. But Mark is trying to get you to understand something here. Hey, Hey, recognize there's something happening here. What are they doing? These... Leaders, these elders, had passed along these traditions that were meant for the the priests, these elders, this cleansing rituals they were supposed to, they had taken them and made them rules that everybody had to follow, right? They had taken these things and said, all right, everybody, you got to do this. They had created rules that God had never commanded for them. Why? Because it's these traditions that they they passed along. We talked about this several weeks ago when we were uh, talking about this interaction uh, several chapters ago where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Because the Pharisees had a habit of doing this. They had a habit of taking their ideas, their thoughts, their rules, their traditions, and elevating them to the same level of God's word. And you and I, we have the same challenge at times. We have the same challenge where we can take thoughts, ideas about how things should be done, and we elevate them to the level of God. The the, uh, Pharisees, they come to Jesus and they say, why don't your disciples... Live according to the tradition of the elders. What are they saying? They're saying, why aren't you following the rules? Why aren't you doing our way of things? We've always done it this way. Why are you going off script? And before we ever get to Jesus' response, because he responds to this, we need to stop and we have to ask ourselves something. Ask yourself this, do I do this? Do I I have an addition problem, right? Do I have parts in my life where where I've added something that God never intended and I'm treating it as if it's the word of God and I'm putting that burden onto someone else rather than saying, no, God, I'm going to stay committed to what you have asked me to do. A lot of times that comes in the form of a tradition. You notice the word they said? Why aren't you following the traditions? They didn't say, why aren't you following the commands of God? Why aren't you each following our traditions? Right? All of us were raised in a different tradition. Some of you have no church background at all. So you have ways of thinking, right? Others of you, you were raised in a specific, maybe a different denomination, a different background, a different home, whatever it is. And there was a way of doing things. There were traditions about the ways that you did things. I know I have some of my own. The church I was raised in, the way I think, the way I talk, a lot of these traditions. But as I have grown older in life, I recognize that, you know what? I hold to a lot of traditions, and I place that burden on other people that isn't actually God's word. They're just my thoughts. They're the way I like things done. Remember back in the Jesus uh, Don't Go to Church series? We focus a lot on the how and not the what. We make these how we do things sacred. And this is what had happened with these Pharisees. They had come and they said, how we do things. We've added all this how. That's what matters. And Jesus is saying, no, you guys have missed it a little bit here. Right? And I know for me, I, I sometimes I want to I throw off these Unbiblical traditions, right? I want to I throw those off, but I, I have to stop and think, God, in every circumstance, am I staying true to your word or am I staying true to my thoughts, my ideas, what other people have told me, right? Because if we're not careful, we stop listening to God, we start listening about the burden of other people. Remember what, what did Jesus say to the Pharisees? He said, listen, you put this weight onto other people's lives and you can't even carry it. Carry it. And what do we do? I, I'm careful as a, as a dad. Like, there's moments with my kids that I have these things I want to tell my kids to do. And I'm like, no, that's a tradition. That isn't, I'm not asking them to follow God right there. I'm asking them to follow my tradition. And that's okay. If you want to pass tradition, that's fine. But here's the deal. I want to lead people to Jesus. I don't want to lead people to a system. Okay? I want to lead people to the heart of God. I want to lead my kids there. And I want to be very careful where I'm leading. Teenagers, I'm not interested in leading you to a system. I'm interested in leading you to God. That's our heartbeat is that we would lead you to the very heart of God. All right? Sometimes we have addition problems, but but Jesus confronts them because he said, "Listen, if you keep doing this, you're going to get off base in another way." And this is point number 2 in your notes. It's this. The Pharisees had a subtraction problem. They had a subtraction problem. Look what it says in verse 6. It says he being Jesus replied, "Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. They got the addition problem. They're adding stuff that God never intended. But the bigger issue and probably worse is they've got a subtraction problem. They hadn't engaged their heart at all. They were doing all the stuff out here, the exterior things, doing all the right stuff out here, but their hearts were still far from God. There's nothing going on in here. It's like the cashiers at Walmart. How many of you like to shop at Walmart? You like to shop at I love Walmart. You might hate Walmart. I love Walmart. I love they got so much stuff. I can buy anything at Walmart, it's great, Walmart is awesome, okay? But there's something, and if you work at Walmart, you might be the gem in the whole world, but I'm just going to be honest, I don't get a lot of friendly faces at Walmart, right? (laughs) Like, they don't look super enthralled, which is kind of funny to me, there's a picture here, remember this picture, this is like the Walmart logo? They put this on the workers, but I don't see this on their faces very often, you know? (laughs) Like, they don't look super excited. And again, if you work there, I'm so happy. You be the one that actually looks like this. But for the most part, you can tell the workers, they're just not really passionate about what they're doing, you know? They'll say things like this to me, thanks for stopping in. How can we help you? Have a great day. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think you believe that, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm not sensing that. I'm not feeling that in my heart right now. You know what I'm talking about. You've been there before. It's like the gas station clerk, you know? They're like, yeah, okay. See, this is what Jesus is talking about the Pharisees. He's like, guys, you're just like the Walmart worker. You don't want to be here. You're not, you're not really passionate from, from your heart. You're going through the motions. You're doing the stuff. Yeah, look at me. I'm doing all the stuff. But your heart is so far from me. You're not connected to me. You're not passionate about me. There's no desire to connect to me. You're no just, just doing the stuff. Look at me doing the stuff. The external things; it had become about how and not their heart. Right? And Jesus said, "You got. You guys got a subtraction problem." Then we get to the third one, and this is probably the biggest issue that Jesus then confronts. Number three is this: they have a division problem. A division problem. These people lacked one thing. The word is this: integrity integrity. I think a lot of us know the word integrity. You know, when we think about integrity, we think about, you know, being moral and doing the right thing and all that kind of stuff, but there's another definition for it, and it's this. It's the state of being whole and undivided, right? It's the idea that what's on the outside is the same as what's on the inside. There is an integrity about your life. It isn't just that what you do in the back room is the same as what you do out here. It's what you see is actually what's going on inside of my heart. There isn't this fake exterior that's going on. I want you to look. We didn't read this part yet. I want you to follow along beginning in verse 9 here. It says this, and he continued, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father and mother is Corbin, that is devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and you do many things like this. All right, what's going on here? What's going on here? They found a loophole, okay? That's what's happened. They found a loophole. How many of your kids, your kids, you tell your kids one thing and then they find the loophole, you know what I'm saying? Like some of you are that person. You find it like, ah, I found a way around it, okay? That's what they've done here. They have found a way around the word of God because they've said this, okay, the Bible says I'm supposed to honor my father money and if they're in need, I should probably help them out. If they're financially struggling, they're at the end of their life, I should probably help them, right? I should do those things. But, The elders say, if I say Corbin, say this is devoted to God, then I don't have to give it to my parents and I get to use it and it's going to be awesome. So, oh, sorry, mom and dad. I've devoted stuff to the Lord. I'm so righteous, right? They found a loophole, right? And Jesus is just saying, guys. You're doing all of the religious stuff, right? You're you're acting like you're the spiritual one, following all the traditions. But the reality is your heart is not submitted to my control at all. You're not interested in surrendering yourself. You're interested in looking like you've got your stuff together, in looking like you're playing the religious type, right? That's what you're concerned about. Your life is divided. You have a division problem. Your life and your heart do not match. And I th- I'm gonna stop here just for a second. We have to be cautious. We've gotta beware in our own lives. If we get to a point where we feel like we've found a loophole, we've found an out, we begin to justify something, right? Now, sometimes you are justified in being justified. That's fine. But I just want you to say, anytime you feel like you're, you feel this desire inside of you rising up to justify your actions or behavior, it's a good time for you to stop and just say, okay, God, is my heart submitted to you right now? Because it's possible that I'm standing on, no, I'm I can do this, I don't have to do that. Okay, check your heart there. The goal isn't to you can justify your goal is am I submitted to your authority, God? Am I submitted to you completely? And they were obviously not. In, in a modern lingo, the Pharisees were fake, right? Pharisees were totally fake. They looked good on the outside. They were seen in the right places. They didn't go to the wrong places. And we try to do that with our lives. They were, they were going to the right concerts, they were serving in the right ministries, they had the right bumper sticker on their car, right? We we have the right Bible studies that they attend, they vote for the right political candidates, they did all the right things, but they had it all wrong. Question is, where are we at? Because we can do all the right things out here, and yet God looks at our heart and says, you're you're so far from me, though. It's just stuff. And this is a concern of my. Honestly, it's a concern for myself. It's a concern for my wife, for my kids. It's a concern for us as a body. Because we come here on every Sunday, and we, we get together, and we show up, and we get dressed up, and we look good, and we come, and we sing songs. We put our hands in the right positions. You know, this one, or this one, or this one. We pick the position. I don't care. You can do the kneel thing. You can do any position you want to, right? There's lots of positions. you can. Then it's time for the offering. You're like, I better make sure I put something. I don't have anything, but I'm going to put my hand in to make sure it looks like I put something in the bucket. You know, whatever it is. And then I'm going to take good notes. Sorry if I'm meddling. I'm going to take really, really good notes because then it looks like I'm more spiritual. Then we walk out the door. The question is, where is our heart at? Because we can do all the exterior things right and our hearts still be far from God. One of the passages of scripture, man, it's it's been a challenge to me my my whole life, and especially as a worship leader. And it comes out of Amos. A lot of people like to talk about the Old Testament, like, oh, it's just rules and regulations. Nah, nah, you've missed the point. Look what it says, Amos chapter 5. This is God speaking. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Away with the noise of your songs. Why? Because God's people were so far from Him at this point; they had let injustice just be everywhere within them. They, they weren't really committed from their hearts. It was this thing they were doing, and God saying, "Listen, I'm not interested in the thing. I'm not interested in you put a show on and ah oh, yeah yeah no 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 no. Where is your heart? Is your heart surrendered to Me, or is it not? I, I'm not interested. Your songs are noise. And it, it, as a worship leader, I would be man." Worship teams, man, I don't want to get up on a Sunday and God say, your songs sound like noise because you're putting a show on, but your hearts are far from me. I don't ever want to sit on this front row as your pastor and stand up here, and I'm worshiping and worshiping, but my heart is far from God. And I don't want that for you. That we would have integrity, that we wouldn't have a division problem, but we would have hearts that are in line. It goes on in Joel. I said this people again they think the old testament's rules and regulation rules no you have missed the point look what it says in Joel G our God says this as well even now declares the lord return to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning it goes on and it says this rend your heart and not your garments why are they saying that because they're doing the fasting thing You know, when they would fast, they would like tear their garments and say, look how I'm so sad. And they would tear their garments. But God knew, you know, your hearts aren't in it. You're just doing the, yep, you did the job. You tore your shirt. Great. Awesome. That feels like you love me. No. He's saying, rend your hearts, not your garments, not your stuff. Don't just try and put the show on. No, actually surrender yourself to me. That's my desire from the beginning to the end. I'm not looking for a show. I'm looking for you. That's what I want. So we get to our big so what here this morning. We always ask the question, so what? Here's the point this morning. God desires inside out followers. God desires inside out followers. Not outside in. He's not looking for people to put on the show, do the stuff, do the spiritual things, check the boxes, follow that. And hopefully if we do that really, really good, then maybe God will be cool with us because we're really good at that, right? See, that's not good news. You hear me say this all the time, but that's not any good news because how many know I'm not good enough to do that? Like I can't perform well enough. The hope of the gospel is that as I surrender, as I, as I surrender everything to him, as I put my trust completely in him, as I make him my Lord, my leader, my king, as I do all of those things, Right? then he begins to transform me. He begins to change me. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. Not something I perform, it's something God begins to stir in my heart. You know, if you're like me, there's times as a a follower of Jesus, you can get off course a little bit, right? We can miss what the point is altogether. God doesn't want faking it. He doesn't want heartless robots. And if that's your view of what faith is, is like you need to come and put your time in and then God likes me more, that's not what the point is at all. He wants people that are genuinely surrendered to his authority, not people that are looking to to find loopholes, that are looking to look good on the outside but just kind of hold it to myself on the inside, right? He's not looking for that. He's looking for people that respond to the grace of God, not motivated by the reputation or trying to make the spiritual people think they're more spiritual, but motivated by the grace of God that's been poured out for them. That we respond with hearts of love and affection toward Him. I think about my relationship with Amber. When I uh, first met Amber, that was back in college. We were a lot younger and had less wrinkles. It was awesome. Okay, and when, when I first met her, um, I, lived, I lived like here in this apartment building, and chapel and a lot of my classes were in a building like right here across the street, right? And she lived way over here, and there was all these buildings. Do you know how I got to chapel every day? I walked all the way out of my way. You want to know why? I just hope I'd run into her. You know? You remember what that's like. And when you're in love, you kind of have those moments. You know, you do stupid stuff. And Micah told some stories last week of some stupid stuff he did, right? Okay? And that's good because your heart's engaged, right? Like, my heart was there right away. Like, I got the, I got the fast beating every time she came near, and I was all excited, right, whatever. Okay? But we've been married 13 and a half years now. And I don't, maybe I'm the only one in the room, but when I wake up every morning, not every morning is my heart beating like that, okay? Some mornings, we've gone through tough life, right? Some mornings, I love her, but, but we've, been, we've been just so busy and overwhelmed and all those kind of things, and, and I don't necessarily feel it the same way, right? And then there are some seasons for Amber and I where it is clear that I have gotten too busy, I've gotten distracted in some way. And there's some element of our relationship where I, I need to come back and say, Amber, I love you with my whole heart, but I haven't really been living that way lately. We've been so busy that I haven't been showing you that, right? And I'm just going to be honest, I think that's where we're at with God at times. Because I don't, think, I don't think you come in the room this morning looking to be fake. That's not what I'm looking to be, Right? Like, we don't want, we know that's not good. We don't like that. It's not that we want to be fake. The problem is, somewhere along the lines, we've gotten a little off course. And it wasn't that we're walking away from God. We just maybe are walking towards some other things too much. And in, in, in the process, our hearts have grown a little cold to him. We haven't said, God, I, I want to give you my heart. I haven't been rending my heart at all. I've just been going through the motions. My challenge for us this morning is that we would just have a moment to once again engage our hearts a little bit. If we need to, to say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I've been going a different direction. I, I haven't been walking toward you. I've just been kind of doing my thing. God, would you forgive me of that? Would you would you change me? Would you shape me that way, right? And so I wanna I want give us a chance to do that, but I wanna say this because there's some of you here this morning, that it's possible the reason why you don't have Uh, uh, or haven't surrendered your life to God is because you've been hurt by people who made you think that you needed to be an outside-in follower. They've hurt you because they've tried to heap things on you. You have to act a certain way before you can be a good church person. And I just want to say, you know what? If that's the case, that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is this. When you're still a mess, he loves you. (laughs) He meets you where you are. He doesn't say, clean your outside up and then you can come to me. He says, no, come to me, all y'all. Wherever you're at, whatever you're experiencing, come to me. And guess what? Some stuff's gonna change, all right? Some of that junk you're doing, you're gonna need to stop doing that. Like some of that stuff you've letting into your life, you need to stop letting that stuff in your life. You're not gonna do that when you follow me, but listen, we'll deal with that in a moment. Right now, I just want your heart. Can you give me your heart? Because if you give me your heart, all the other stuff will take care of itself, all right? All right? And so all of us, not just, if you're, maybe you've never come to Christ, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to him this morning. But maybe you are a follower of Christ. Maybe you need to lay your heart down again this morning.